Hello, City First Church family, and literally everyone that is joining us online from all over the place. We are so glad that you are joining us here today. I want to say this personally, that Jen and I miss you dearly. We really do. Uh, we cannot wait to get back together in person again and worship together at our locations. You know, someone this week came to me, and they said this. They were like, hey, listen, I can't wait until the church opens again. And I look back at him, I go, oh, no, 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 no. You see, the church is not closed. The church is, is very well open right now. In fact, the church is thriving. City First Church is gathering by tens of thousands of people every single week to uh, join together in worship in a format online. Also, we're feeding thousands of people every single week, and we're helping those that need care, those that are uh, immunocompromised or elderly that need their groceries delivered to them. That is happening every single week. Also, you may not know this, but we have 24-7 prayer going on right now for your prayer requests, which means that there are people praying around the clock for all the prayer requests that are coming in to City First Church. Listen to me. God is moving. The church is definitely not closed. We are very much open, but we miss gathering together in person, and that will happen soon. In the right time, it will happen. And when it does, I want to tell you, it is going to be off the charts. I cannot wait. So we're going to start today by doing something a little bit different. You know, as I've been looking online at social media, there's all these different games that are going on that people are playing online. For example, like there's like quarantine bingo going on. There's also this or that. Well, today we're going to do this. We're going to play Would You Rather. Would you rather, right where you're at right now, would you rather, we are going to answer some questions. You might be with your family or friends, or maybe you're watching on your smartphone right now. I want you to answer each and every one of these questions, right? The first one is this, would you rather be good looking or rich? Would you rather be good looking or rich? Now, you can't answer option C, which is all the above. I know some of you are thinking, well, if I was rich, I could make myself good looking, or if I was good looking, I could become rich. Okay, don't overthink it, all right? Just, would you rather be rich or good looking? Here's another one. Would you rather be popular or wise? Would you rather be popular or wise? How about this one? Would you rather go on a two-week vacation to Hawaii or on a two-week tour of Europe? Ooh, you see, that's, that's a really tough one for me. Or how about this one? Would you rather spend the rest of your life living in a sailboat or in an RV? I mean, think about that. How about this? Would you rather live without internet or without air conditioning and heating? Now, where you live probably determines the answer to that question. Here's a good one. I wish I was in your living room listening to your answer to this one. Would you rather have dinner with Trump or Biden? Trump or Biden? How about this? Would you rather have an easy job with an incredibly difficult boss or an incredibly difficult job with an easy boss? And right now, you might even be in a chat room at City First, go ahead and answer. We're, we're really curious to find out what your answers are. Here's one. Would you rather have a spider infestation in your house or a snake infestation in your house? If you could time travel, would you rather go back to being a middle schooler or a high schooler and doing life over again? If you had the ability to travel on planes, 
anywhere in the world for free for seven years, would you rather do that or would you rather have free restaurant food for the rest of your life? And this last one, would you rather have happiness or joy? Happiness or joy? Now, this is where we're going to camp on for the remainder of our time together, this idea of happiness or joy. In fact, I have this question for you. Which one of these two do you think Jesus wants you to have, happiness or joy? What would Jesus answer to that? What would he say about your life? Would he rather you be happy or be joyful? Now, allow me to take a moment and be honest. That's a little bit of a trick question. And here's the reason why. Because in the Bible, there are over a hundred verses that use the words happiness and joy together. In fact, in scripture, many times the words happiness and joy are actually interchangeable. If you go back into the original language of the Old Testament, which is Hebrew, and the original language of the New Testament, which was Greek, guess what? These words many times are interchangeable. I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking to yourself, well, happiness is this bubbly, superficial, feel-good emotion that happens when things are going your way. But joy, joy is that deep-rooted, kind of unemotional, foundational core belief that's there regardless of what is going on in your circumstances in your life. Well, today, I want to talk about how we can have happiness and joy. Yes, you heard me right happiness and joy. In fact, it is my belief that God wants you to have both. He wants you to be happy and he wants you to be full of joy. Now, I realize this may be new information for some of you and it might be a little bit out of the box, but I want to prove it with scripture for a second. Let's turn to Psalm 92. Psalm 92 in the Old Testament, it says this, for you, O Lord, have made me happy by your work. I will sing for joy because of what you have done. There you have it. You have happiness and joy in the exact same verse. Here's another one, Psalm 32. Rejoice in the Lord and be happy. In fact, the psalmist here is instructing us that we are to rejoice in the Lord and with that, be happy. You who are godly, shout for joy, all you who are morally upright. In fact, here's one of the prophecies in the Old Testament that forecasts the mission of Jesus, the Messiah. This verse is found in Isaiah, is talking about what Jesus was going to do when he came hundreds of years before Jesus lived. It says this in Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. Now listen to this, who brings good news of happiness. Do you understand that Jesus, when he came to talk about salvation and talk about the kingdom of God, he was actually bringing good news that would solicit happiness in his followers. It goes on to say, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The mission of Jesus accomplished for us is good news that produces happiness and it produces joy. So today, I want you to know that God wants you to be full of joy and happiness, yes, even in the middle of this COVID-19 
crisis. You know, I heard it said one time that there are seven types of joy or happiness that we experience as human beings, seven of them. The first one is this. The first one is nature happiness. So what is nature happiness? That's when you're out in nature. Maybe, maybe you took a vacation somewhere and there were mountains, or maybe you go out for a walk in the forest, or maybe if you're in Florida, you're taking a walk on the beach, and as you're out in nature, there's a sense of happiness that comes. That's nature happiness. There's also, there's also social happiness. And for those of you that are extroverts, you're lacking this right now, right? In fact, some of you are really, really frustrated. You're, you're in your house, you're stuck in your house, and you want to be around other people because when you are around other people, you have social happiness. Another one is vocational happiness. Now, vocational happiness is when you are working in your sweet spot. What you do from nine to five or whatever your work hours are, that you are thriving because you're in your perfect fit. And so as you work in your career and in your calling, you experience happiness. There's also physical happiness, and that's when our physical needs are being met. There's intellectual happiness, and that's when we're learning. And, you know, after you learn something and you really grasp it, you sense this happiness and a good type of, of pride that you learned something. That's intellectual happiness. Also, there's humor happiness, and that's the one that we all think of. That's when somebody tells a joke or you're having a good time or you're laughing a lot at a good sitcom or a movie or whatever. You're experiencing humor happiness. Do you know that all of these types of happiness can be experienced without God? Now, did you hear what I said? Those six types of happiness can be experienced without a relationship with Jesus, without, without God. But I do want you to know this. God created each of those types of happiness. He created us to laugh. He created us to enjoy nature. He created us to learn. He created us to do all these things. But you need to understand this. You need to understand that each and every one of those don't require God to be a part of the equation. But I said there were seven types of happiness. And the seventh type of happiness is this spiritual happiness. So what's spiritual happiness? Well, spiritual happiness can only be experienced when you know Jesus as the leader and the forgiver of your life, when you have a personal relationship with God. In fact, spiritual happiness is only experienced when you say, Jesus, come into my life and lead it. The Bible calls that being Lord. And, and save me from my wrong choices, my sin. When you do that, you experience spiritual happiness. In fact, in the book of Psalms, chapter 32, verse 1, it says this. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. You know what the Hebrew word for joy in that verse means? It means, you guessed it, happiness. In fact, you could actually read this verse like this. Oh, what happiness for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. You see, you can experience other types of happiness, but still feel like there's something missing. In fact, you can experience those six other types of happiness and still feel like there's a hole in your happiness, you could say. That's because the most important type of happiness that we can experience 
is spiritual happiness. And that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, those other types of happiness are also from God, but they don't totally fill you up. And once you experience spiritual happiness, then you have a joy that is truly invincible and it is not dependent on what is going on around you. I mean, think about it for a moment. All those other types of happiness are contingent on circumstances. So important for you to hear that. That those other types of happiness means that those circumstances around you have to be lined up. Like, for example, you can only have nature happiness if you're in nature. I mean, if you're in a concrete room right now with a small little window, there's not a lot of nature happiness going on right now. And for those of you that are extroverted or you feed off of other people, you might not be experiencing social happiness because you're not around other people. Again, it's dependent on circumstance of whether you feel that happiness or not. How about vocational happiness? Some of you, you dread going to work. You get up and you're like, oh, I have to go to work again. You're not experiencing happiness there because the circumstances are not right. You're not in a job that is your fit or what you enjoy. And so you aren't experiencing that kind of happiness. How about physical happiness? Well, you need to be healthy and you need to have your physical needs met. Intellectual happiness means you have to be learning. Humor happiness means that you have to be laughing at something. You see, if you don't have these right circumstances, then you don't experience the happiness that comes with them. But that's not the way it is with spiritual happiness. You see, with spiritual happiness, we understand that regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what we've done, regardless of what's going on around you, and definitely regardless of the people around you, you can experience this kind of happiness. And here's the reason why. Because you know that Jesus loves you and that God is for you and God has forgiven you, and that Jesus will be with you every step of the way, regardless of what you're going through right now or in the future. You see, spiritual happiness is not dependent on my circumstances. It's not dependent on my performance, and it's definitely not dependent on how people are treating me. Spiritual happiness is based upon what my creator says about me and what Jesus did on the cross. See, if you don't have spiritual happiness, you're going to be constantly trying to fix your circumstances to find joy. But if you have spiritual happiness, you have fixed your eyes on Jesus who gives you joy. Do you hear that? Do you hear the difference? It's because circumstances do not determine whether or not you have spiritual happiness. Spiritual happiness transcends your circumstances. Now, many of you know that on Fridays, we are doing a thing called Park and Pray. In fact, some of you have even been participating in that. What we do is not only in the state line area, but also down in Southwest Florida, we actually on Fridays will go in our cars and park in the parking lot and we will pray for people that are in the hospital. We'll pray for them to be healed in the name of Jesus. And on top of that, we're praying for all of our medical professionals. We're praying for the doctors and the nurses and everyone serving in that hospital, that they would be safe, that they have wisdom, and that they would have God's favor. And it's been an amazing experience. In fact, we've even had health professionals that have come out into the parking lot in tears, thanking us that we are supporting them. Well, about a week ago on Friday night, one of our ministry partners here at City First, her name is Kendra, happened to be in the hospital 
with her daughter on that Friday that we were praying at her hospital. In fact, her daughter had recently been diagnosed with an issue and they unexpectedly had to go into the hospital. And Kendra posted this video on her Instagram. We see that her daughter is waving out the window at all of the City First Church people that are praying for not only her, but everyone else in that hospital. And what was amazing is, is that Kendra posted later on that she was so moved by this. And this is what her post said. Despite how difficult these past days, how dark the moments got, the tears we cried and the prayers we prayed, she still had joy. As parents, we are supposed to be strong and guide our children through life. But this time, she guided us. She was still strong when we crumbled for her. Despite this valley, we are truly blessed. We know there is light that still comes, like what it talks about in Psalm 35. We will never take her laughter for granted because we know these next days, they will be far and few between until we navigate this new normal. But we are blessed beyond measure to have this incredible sweet girl as our daughter. We thank God for every moment, every moment that we have with her. So here's a question. How can Kendra and her family have happiness and joy in a season like they are in? Well, here's why. Because Kendra mentions Psalm 30. And what does Psalm 30 say? Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Do you hear that? Weeping may last through the night, but joy, which means in the Hebrew, happiness. It means a shout of gladness to rejoice, that there is happiness that comes in the morning. In fact, the Oxford Dictionary defines it as this, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. You see, you can have joy, happiness, and gladness because of spiritual happiness. It's not based upon what is going on around you, but what has happened within you. Kendra and her family have joy and happiness because of who they're connected to, not what they're going through. Now listen, ladies and gentlemen, I realize this, we're living in some crazy days. In fact, many of us are stuck in our homes right now and we're just counting the days until we could go back to life as normal. But instead of counting the days, I wanna encourage you to count it all joy. What do I mean by that? What does it mean to count it all joy? Well, listen to what James writes in the New Testament. He says this in James 1, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Now, now stop, stop, stop. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We're to count it all joy when we face trials of various kinds? Like, like we're really supposed to be happy when we come up against hardships or challenges, even like the one that we're in? James would say, yes. In fact, he says this, he says, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Count it all joy. 
In other words, these trials, these challenges, these experiences that we do not like, they're producing something inside of us that is good. It is refining us. It is helping us clarify things. It is making us better. You know, the original Greek word for count means to lead, to rule, to command. So that verse really could read like this. It could read, lead, rule, and command your heart to be joyful and happy when you meet trials of various kinds. Lead, rule, command your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to lead our hearts. We need to not let our hearts lead us. Instead, we need to rule our hearts, lead our hearts, command our hearts in seasons like this, that when we're facing hardship, we don't just let our heart lead us, but rather we direct our heart towards joy and happiness. Because we realize this, that on the other side of whatever we're experiencing, there is something positive that is going to happen. I love what Robert Foster writes. He says this, women endure childbirth because the joy of motherhood lies on the other side. Young married couples struggle through the first difficult years of adjustment because they value the insurance of a long life together. Parents hold steady through the teen years, knowing their children will emerge at the other end, human once again. And every parent of a teenager said, amen, right? You see, you need to lead your heart to the fact that your happiness doesn't come from your circumstances. It doesn't come what you're going through or not going through, but happiness comes when you lead your heart to the fact that you have a spiritual happiness, that Jesus loves you, God is for you, and that he is gonna carry you through this hardship. You know, some of us right now, we need to stop counting the days and we need to start counting it all joy. Jesus didn't curse or complain about all the hardships or circumstances he was going through. He didn't count all the problems. What did he do? He counted it all joy. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, it says this, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The author of Hebrews is saying, while Jesus is dying on the cross, he was looking forward. He was looking at what was coming. And so therefore there was joy that was set before him and it helped him endure the hardship. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we need to lead our hearts. In fact, I'm talking to you right now. Some of you right now, you need to lead your heart. You need to quit letting your heart lead you through this hardship, but rather you lead your heart. You choose joy. In fact, some of you are waiting for your circumstances to come into alignment. You're waiting for the moons to align so you can experience happiness again. But remember, those other six types of happiness depend on circumstances. Spiritual happiness, it is invincible. It's waterproof. It cannot be tarnished. Instead, it is built on the fact that God is for you. Recently, as with you, I've been home a lot. And Paxton, who is our eight-year-old, has been teaching me a lot about happiness. Now, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, and there are many of you that join us for the first time every week, you need to know that I have three amazing boys. Jen and I love them. Our youngest one, Paxton, is eight years old, and he was born with Down syndrome. And he's teaching us things. Well, every single morning, 
He just cannot wait to see his dad. In fact, he gets out of bed, he comes out of his room, and he immediately begins to search for dad. And when he finds dad, when he finds me, a smile comes on his face. He is happy. He is beaming with joy because he's found dad. Literally, it happens every single morning. Now, as you know, we used to be that way as kids. We used to get out of bed when we were really, really young and we were excited. We don't want to sleep anymore. We want to get out of bed. In fact, our parents they wanted us to sleep a little longer so they could sleep in, but we got up way early because we were excited and we had joy and we had happiness about what we were gonna experience that day. What happened? Well, the older we got, life happened. And pretty soon, it's harder to get out of bed. It's harder to get out of bed because of the problems, because of the trials, because of the wrong choices that we've made, maybe because of wrong choices other people have made, maybe because we just are tired. You know, maybe we need to go back to being kids again in God. That we're excited to get out of bed. And here's the reason why. Because the Bible says, like I talked about earlier, that joy comes in the morning. Oh, don't miss this city first. Joy comes in the morning. It means this, that every morning, God has fresh joy and fresh happiness waiting for you. It's knocking on the door of your heart. You have to open it up though and allow God's joy and happiness to come in. You need to lead your heart every day, just like in the Old Testament where God provided fresh food every day for his children that were going through the wilderness for 40 years. As we are going through this wilderness, God has fresh joy and happiness for you every single day, but you got to open the door. You got to choose it. You got to lead your heart. You got to get out of bed. And just like Pax, you got to look for your father. Look for your father, your heavenly father in what you're going through right now. Every day, get out of bed and say, God, I want to find you today. I'm searching for you today. You will be found today. Show me new joy and new happiness in my life. I choose to lead my heart. I choose joy. I choose happiness. Now, some of you might be listening to that and you're thinking, well, I've never thought about that before, that I could talk to God, that I could have a personal relationship with God, that he listens to me, that he can give me joy, he can give me happiness, he can give me forgiveness, he can give me all of these things. Well, I got great news for you today, and that is this, that God loves you and he is for you. And he wants your life to be filled with joy and happiness, regardless of the situations you're going through. He wants to forgive you for all that you've done wrong. Like I talked about earlier in that verse, that you know what, you have joy when your disobedience has been forgiven. If you wanna experience that today, I wanna just invite you into a relationship with Jesus, the one who died for you and loves you the one who will journey with you. And it's simple as this, is just praying a prayer. And the prayer says, Jesus, I wanna make you the leader and the forgiver of my life. So all you gotta do is repeat a prayer like this. You ready? He's listening. He's right where you're at right now. His presence is with you and he cares about you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. So just say a prayer like this. Dear Jesus, come into my life. 
forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died for me. I want to live for you. Thank you for loving me. If you prayed that prayer, that was the most important and life-changing prayer you've ever prayed in your entire life. And we want to hear about it. In fact, in a moment here, you're going to hear about a free resource that we're going to send you that will help you take that next step of faith in Jesus. But now for those of you that, as we close, that say, I need to lead my heart better. I want to encourage you to do that. Beginning today, lead your heart. Realize that Jesus wants to give you happiness and joy, but that comes from a spiritual happiness. And yes, he wants to give you those other types of happiness too, but the most important one, the one that's not dependent on circumstances is spiritual happiness. The spiritual happiness that comes from knowing that God loves you, that he is for you, that he cares about you, and he is with you. God bless City First. Thank you so much for being with us today.